The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Good morning. Well, it was an interesting week. Uh, the other day at work um, at County Mental Health, one of my uh, very non-religious co-workers, um, who is a respected friend, a uh, very gifted person, um, and who was perhaps trying to uh, uh, put things in terms that even I could understand. Uh, we were talking about a particularly difficult person, and my friend said uh, that this person should have a come-to-Jesus talk. And one of the other co-workers at that moment said, oh my, it's come to that. And I, of course, could not risk, resist the opportunity to blunder into that conversation. And I, of course, said, well, it, wouldn't it be wonderful if we all could come to Jesus and have a talk with him about things? And so often we have wanted to come to Jesus. Oh, that we all could come to Jesus and talk to him about those things that are important to us in this life, those questions that we have. Multitudes have come to the Lord to have that conversation. In the story recorded in the Gospel today, we, and in all of the other encounters that we find in the rest of the Gospels, we, if we look at them, we will find a lesson about our encounter with Jesus, about our conversation with Jesus that will help inform us will teach us about our relationship to Christ and to his kingdom. Now behold, a rich young man with a lot of complications came to the Lord. And so today we, we here, with all of our complications, we have come to the Lord. We have come to Jesus. You may remember four weeks ago in the Gospel, how a young boy came to Jesus from out of a hungry crowd. The boy didn't have any profound or complex theological questions to ask. He didn't come to Jesus to justify himself. He didn't even say anything that we have recorded in that gospel. The boy just came forward and offered to the Lord five loaves and two fishes. And I'm fairly sure that in that moment the Lord smiled because he liked the boy's attitude. And because of that, Jesus lifted the boy's offering and multiplied it to feed the multitude. And I'll bet that young man was never the same from that encounter. In today's gospel, a bigger young man comes to meet the Lord. He's a bit more complicated than that boy four weeks ago. He carries baggage. He carries the baggage of affluence and of a worldly education. When you hear him speak, you know, you sense, he must have had good intentions. And I believe that's why the Lord really spoke so gently with him. He sensed those good intentions were there, but he also saw the baggage. 
He is like many of us, like many of us grown-ups, a bit more complicated. He had spent his life so far, like many of us, making our lives big. Big in the security of possessions, big and proud in our knowledge, especially theological knowledge, and big and proud in self-justifying good deeds. He didn't set his bigness and his baggage down when he came to Jesus. He was so big that he could not scrunch himself down small and humble enough to get through the very small door of the kingdom. He might have been if he was willing to try, and the Lord certainly would have helped him. But the rich young man wasn't willing to give up all the things that he carried, all those things he carried that made him big. I found myself asking, what is it that I have held on to that puffs me up? What is it that I have held on to that makes me big and not able to get down low? What complications have I acquired in this life that I am not willing to set down? And like the disciples, I found myself asking, who then can be saved? Or more specifically, how can any of us big and worldly people get down small enough to get through the small door of the kingdom of God? I found the answer in what Noah Nectarios would call a teeny tiny book. Noah is fond of looking at things and saying, oh, that's a teeny tiny tiny thing. And I found a teeny teeny tiny book that I'd had from a long time ago. And in that teeny tiny book, I found a lesson from a child. At the same time, the disciples came to Jesus saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus called a child unto them, and he set him in the midst of them. And he said, Verily I say unto you, Except ye be converted and become as little children, you shall not enter the kingdom of heaven, the icon that we have here teeny tiny children coming to Jesus. What is it that we see when we watch those children coming to Jesus? What is it we see when we see that light in their eyes as they are here in this place? What do we learn from a child? A small child wakes up and he climbs into bed with mom and dad to snuggle. The first thing in his day, the first thing in his life, he wants to see mom and dad. The touch of that meeting, the gentle touch, the communion of that meeting orders and defines the rest of the day for him. He defines things in terms of his mother and his father. And at the end of the day, as sleep closes in, that child must have that gentle last touch of the presence of his family. He must go to his father. He must go to his mother and receive that last gentle touch. 
And I struggle with my prayers morning and evening. I struggle to come to Jesus. I struggle to stand there and receive that touch from my family, from my father, from our mother, the Theotokos, from the whole community. I struggle because I have made myself big with other stuff that morning and evening I have difficulty setting down. That is my come to Jesus moment. That is my time where I realize I must set down my bigness. To sleep in peace, that child needs the touch of mom and dad. And so too must we seek our father morning and evening, first thing, before the cares of the big people's world catch us up and tangle us up in a mess. Now that child may go on and accomplish great things. We often see that very early in a child's life, that this is a child, there's a lot going on there. This is a child who will be something great. But the substance of that child's identity comes principally from his relationship with his family. That is that which gives the, the heart to it all. Forgive a play on words, but his nurturing in love heals the handicaps of his nature. For we all have handicaps to our nature, but the nurture of a mother and a father of a community heals those handicaps. Our coming to Jesus heals those handicaps. Our coming before our Father morning and evening heals those handicaps. And as the child grows up, we begin to see what it is to be. In that unbroken circle around the table, we see that in this place, we must be here in the liturgy and at table in our homes, in that circle, if we are to see that growth. In the simplicity of that life around the table, we learn humility. We learn that ability to scrunch down, to go low, as they say down in the South. I'm going to get low. That means I'm going to repent. When one says I'm going to get low, that means I'm ready to repent. I'm ready to change my life. In that circle, we bump into one another and we teach our kids how to say sorry. We teach our kids how to reconcile. We teach our children how to become at peace. Do we still learn that from them now that we are big? Can we still learn that which we've attempted to teach them? We big people have so many priorities in life so many to-do lists that intervene between the essentials and us, that intervene between where we are really supposed to be. What if we made, first of all, the simple and small things of the family table and the altar to be our greatest priority? We'd probably get more of that other stuff done, too our checkoff lists, we'd probably get more of them done if we really had that peace of heart, that nourishment that we get from family. If we cultivate that kind of simplicity, we will become small enough to fit through the door into the kingdom.
our substance, our achievements in this world, whether they are rich or whether they are poor, that cannot be allowed to define who it is that we are. Our ties in the kingdom of God, that is our treasure. When one of our babies gets baptized, it reminds us of this. A wedding multiplies this. And even a funeral is not a sad ending, but a hope of the harvest. In this season, we have sung of our mother, the Theotokos, the mother of God. She who brought us life, in her falling asleep, she has not forsaken us. The simplicity of that message is so essential to our understanding of our salvation. In her birth giving, she gave us life, and in her falling asleep, she has not forsaken us. A child can understand that better than we complicated adults. Today, here, in this place, and in every day, may we always be coming to Jesus. May we be getting low, down, and child-sized so that we can come near to him, so that we can fit into that crowded place all around him. Because otherwise, if we are not small, we cannot fit into that great hall where all the children of God are going to be. We will not fit there if we are big. We must be small to fit into that place. You may soon, you will soon forget the words that I have said today, but do not forget that icon of the children, of the small children who are able to crowd around him because they are small. Be small. Be small. Draw near to him. Come to Jesus to the glory of God the Father.